0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne. It's my job to unpack these stories and mental fitness practices, people living top of their game personally and professionally. I am super excited to welcome Topaz on the show. He is the founder of the Skin Deep, an experience design studio that creates the Emmy award-winning web series called The End. The Skin Deep's main focus is using questions as a powerful tool to facilitate intimate conversations and foster deeper human connections. He's definitely come to the right place. Topaz and the team have spent the past 10 years distilling their knowledge and now sharing it more widely with others. This effort culminates with the upcoming release of the book, The 12 Questions for Love, A Guide to Intimate Questions and Deeper Relationships which by the time this releases should be out or within a couple bait days of being out. So can't wait because I've read the book. Uh, thankfully, I have an advanced oh, nice. copy of it. And I mean, you're speaking my language, brother. <laughs> question. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Who are you?
1: So I've listened to a few of your other podcasts. So I've been thinking about that question. And there's obviously a few layers to it, but I think ultimately for me, and this is actually something that I say regardless of uh, if, if I was on a podcast or not, but if I was with an intimate friend and they really want to know who I think I am, uh, I would say that I'm, I feel that I'm, I'm a soul who's experiencing these physical realities such that I'm challenged to practice love, to mm-hmm. practice sharing love and experiencing love. I think that um, like at a fundamental core, I think that's how I see my experience is that as a soul that's in this physical body, that's in this physical reality that is being posed with challenges and opportunities and beautiful moments to experience and share love. And it's not always easy, right? So especially okay. when you're having a conflict with someone or something's ground grinding, that's actually your greatest opportunity to experience or practice love. Um, And what does love really mean? It means the humility to know that you're not alone, but you are alone, right? You come and you leave, but you're not alone. There's other souls you're bumping into. And the act of integration with the other souls is what I think is love. And so in the physical reality, like, what is this guy talking about? Like, yeah, I'm a father right now. I'm, I have a three and a half year old and a nine month old daughter, son and daughter. And, that has been a new experience for me. And it's probably the most ex- important one that I'm having now. I'm also a son. My parents are getting older. They're in their, you know, late 70s and mid 80s. And fortunately, they're healthy. But, but you know, time yeah. is inevitable. And in, in that sense, I'm a son that um, I'm doing my best to be present and share as much quality time with them and help prepare the space for their transition. Um, and then I'm a husband, right? And that's uh, really important to me. And then um, in the professional realm, I like to think of myself as uh, I'm doing my best to contribute to the conversations that we have, to the spaces that are
0: created for people to connect. It's a beautiful, beautiful response. When's the last time you've you've thought about who you are outside of you know knowing that I was going to ask that question? Is that something that you? think about or check in with? Oh yeah. it's. sucks. Uh, I, I think, uh, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I think about it. I think, not, not a lot, but I think about it often and it comes up in the form of where am I living? How am I living? Where am I spending? How am I spending my time? On what? Where is the focus of my energy? A, a common question that I like to ask people when I'm first meeting them, is what do you do with your most valuable time? Mm. Or, you know, not the time that your most valuable time, the most valuable time if you're a parent and you're working might be, you know, the 10 minutes in the morning or that 18 minutes at night before you go to bed and the kids are sleeping. What do you do with your most valuable time? And another one I, I like to ask people is, where is most of your mental energy? What is the enigma? What is the question that you're asked spending a lot of time on? I only say that about me asking people because I also ask that of myself. Yeah. And that is yeah. a way of me exploring who, who am I right now? Yeah. And I'm very conscientious of the names that I give things. So in my life, I'm 47 now, but in my life, you know, for a long time, I was a film director. And I had that title and I called myself a film direct- director. And then I had this experience at 37 when I realized, well, if I'm a film director, that already puts me in a certain block of what I'm doing. It already tells me what, a, you know, I'm living in the role of a film director. What if I gave myself a different name? If I gave myself a different name and I came up with story breaker and why story breaker? Cause we all tell ourselves stories and then something happens. You fall in love, you get divorced, you get hit by a car, you meet the love of your life. You know, you get cancer, something happens that then breaks your story. And as a story breaker, it's like creating opportunities for people to break their story and create new ones. Mm -hmm. And that, by calling myself a story breaker versus a film director, it gave me permission to do an app, an interactive experience, a theatrical show, doing these and series, exploring a retreat, exploring different experiences. And allowed me to express more of who I was because I gave myself a different name. And so I always check in with that. And I don't think I'm a story breaker now. That's been ten years, and now I'm exploring another thing. and And so, yes, I do ask myself that often, and it comes up in the form of, "What am I thinking about? Where am I spending my time, physically and emotionally and mentally, basically?" And in that sense, it's it's a, it's you know,
0: it's a good way of, of mm. exploring as we evolve. Well, it's just the check ins, and I'm glad you said that because it's you know part of the. What's interesting in in opening the show with the who are you question, especially mm-hmm. when when guests come on as repeats and thankfully the show's been around, uh, around long enough that there's been people that have been on three, four times. It's fun to see, like I'll go back and listen to how that, that question was answered. And there's always, you know, there's some staple through lines there, some themes, but it's so beautiful to see the evolution just with one question. And... To your point, like mm-hmm. we're always evolving, right? Or at least, you know, for for the most part, we're trying to progress. And um, of course, you know, I think uh, you know, as a as a dad myself, I with roughly, you know, somewhat similar age children, uh, I really resonate with that. Like, and and that that in itself, you know, is a, is a massive evolution and or chapter, I guess you could say, in in our lives. And there's so many other other things, but it's interesting. So I, I have to ask, as you brought up. Um, I forget the exact language, but what what is that that question that's on your mind right now then that's that's helping you check in?
1: I have two main questions. Um professionally, the big question is how can I apply this incredible tool of the and space, which is you know the, mm-hmm. the space between of people and how do you how do you we have a beautiful tool called the and it's a format it's it's people who face each other we film them with three ca- cameras and they're asking
0: powerful questions and we've you know how, how do that i come I, up you have to provide that context Like because okay. that when, <laughs> when you watch it it's I, at first i remember thinking oh like, like buckle up like <laughs> this is gonna be intense <laughs> right but then you yeah. quickly get into the emotion of the conversation and it's almost like the viewer, just like the participants, the, the walls start to come down. Oh, yeah.
1: So, and that's for, a for your listeners. Thing. So, for the listeners who might not know what the and is, the and is, is, speaks to the space between because a relationship is you and I, us and them. It's the and that connects us. So, that's why we called it the and. And we manifest that by having people face each other with questions that we give them and we film them with three cameras and basically you're always seeing both their faces at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so when they ask these questions, you're really getting a sense of the space between them, not necessarily what they say, but how they're reacting to each other and their connection. And we've been doing it for 10 years. We've had over 1,200 conversations that we filmed basically in, in like over 10 countries. And it came about really by in 2014, living in New York. I was single. I have a brother who's, I'm fortunate enough to have a brother who's 15 years younger than I. And I realized how we were both dating differently and in, because of our engagement with technology, right? Mm-hmm. This is 2013, 14, uh, 2013. And OKCupid okay was out and Tinder was out and, and texting. And, and I just saw how he at 21 and I at 36, 37, we were dating and socially relating in different ways because of our connection to technology was so different. And I thought that was an incredible question. The question was, how is the emotional experience of being human shifting? How's it changing? How's it changing? And we as humans are so good at adapting to change that we quickly adapt and don't realize it's always been that way. I don't think love... It's the same word, but I don't think the emotional experience is necessarily the same now as it was 20 years ago and really 100 years ago. Because 100 years ago, you used to write, you love someone, or you'd write a letter. You'd write your heart into the ink of the yeah. pen, onto the paper. You'd lick the envelope. You'd put in the mail. You'd wait for a month to get a response. Now you just send a text. and You get ghosted in a minute if they don't respond or five minutes or what. Even the vo- messages we leave, do we really talk to each other? We just live voice notes. So the emotional experience is different and it's shifting. It's not a judgment call, just the awareness that it's changing. Mm-hmm. And so in 2014, we launched a skin deep to explore that question. How's the emotional experience of being human shifting? And we did that by creating different experiences. And the one that's most successful is the end. And, uh, and coming back, to, so that's how we kind of came around to it. And just to, to end the loop on, The questions I'm thinking about these days is, professionally, it's like, how do we apply this tool of the and? The most recent format is the book, which is basically giving the blueprint to people, like, this is the power of the and. This is what we've learned for 10 years. This is how you can create the structure and the, the journey through questions to have a more intimate conversation and ultimately a deeper relationship with the most important people in your life. And the second question I think about in turn personally is just, I'm a father now I'm raising my children. How do I prepare them? What experiences do I give them? What environments do I put them in to prepare them for a future that's going to be, that's going to be so different than anything I could imagine?
0: Mm. I mean, that's a question on my mind as well uh, with you know there's as you know, and I know you're like the rest of us experiencing the world as it is right now, and there's a lot there's a lot of heaviness almost all the time. Uh, And I think it, I mean, it peaks and it, it, it it never disappears, but there's definitely peaks and whatnot. And I, I've been often trying to think like, what, how how do I equip my, my kids as well with the tools and, and the curiosity to be able to navigate the, I guess the uncertainty that will, will continue to arise in, in, in the world and their lives and so forth. So I'm very yep. interested to see how you've been, you know, thinking about this as well and 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 maybe we can dovetail a little bit into the work and and the questions that might help in in this current environment where there's just such a divide across almost everything at this mm-hmm. point. You know. I th- I feel like
1: I feel that in the last 20 years with technology and our movement into these social media and our connection to the phone and our information from the phone i just read a report that something like 18% of um, of young americans from you know basically 18 to 35 are getting well, the sign i'd be right but the point is just that they're getting a lot of information of news from tiktok mm-hmm. and a lot of people are getting information of news from instagram and so technology is shifting how we're getting our news how we're sh- communicating and that is shifting our ability to listen. Yeah. Because social media is a great tool for you you be able to express yourself and put it out there. And then you're ingurgitating in these quick hits of dopamine of new information. But what about dropping in and actually listening? And that's a skill set that we're not practicing. And what you don't practice, what you practice, you get good at, vice versa. What you're not practicing, you get weaker at. Yeah. And so one thing I've, seen through our work of this kidney for the last 10 years is a, the power in questions and the power of practicing questions. And most importantly, the power of practicing conversations brought up by good questions. And that's basically what we have, you know, distilled into the book is how do you create the space and what are the powerful questions and how do you construct those questions to have a cathartic conversation? Yeah, and what is a cathartic conversation? It's one in which a you're listening, you're taking it in. But how do you create the environment where you're take where you're where you're actually going to take the stuff in?
0: Yeah, well, let's and talk about
1: B, that. Yeah, and and B, how do you create an environment where you're actually going to open up and share? Yeah. And I just think that as we move into the future, I think it's going to become more, especially with AI and automation. And, and, and the cognitive things and the execution implementation of things will become more robotic and automated and left for the computers. Where is the space for humanity and us as humans, right? Yeah, because we're pulling think, the emotion out of all of this. Exactly. And I think right. how do we engage with the emotion? How do we explore the space between? And the space between is you and other humans that are reflecting your experience of being alive, right? They yeah. can reflect back to you. So how do you engage with that space? Magical space because there's so many nutrients between you in the relationships and the people in your life mm-hmm. that I don't think we mind enough I don't think we engage in that space enough and when you yeah. do cathartic things happen yeah there's so much so how thing. do
0: we set that how do we build that container then to allow ourselves i mean this is just stuff that's on my mind given everything that's going on but you know to have a conversation Let's just maybe set a bit of context with someone. Let's say we we love or, or dear friend respect, but with you know almost polar opposite opinions to world events. Let's just call it that because right. there's there's not just one. There's many. But how do we put aside the knee jerk reaction kind of you know situation that we're seeing a lot? I think that I think social media has really. Um, put fuel on, right? Versus, versus sitting down and being able to have, you know, a connected empathetic conversation and just, and just speak, you know, without Mm -hmm. judgment.
1: So the first thing is the space, the context. If you go to your wife, if your wife comes to you, your partner comes, why do you love me? Out of (laughs) nowhere, you're not wondering why you love them. You're wondering why is this question coming up? What happened? Similarly, if you want to talk to your friend or a family member about something that you know you have a disagreement with, let's say politics, and you say, why do you think that way? You know, why do we have, why do you have such as crazy ideas? They're not going to actually create the space to answer you. They're thinking, okay, where's this coming from? They're attacking me. I'm immediately on mm-hmm. the defensive. So if we create a space in which we know we're going to explore something already, physiologically, we're starting to relax because we're not being attacked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so that's why, you know, we have these card games for instance that, you know, you do, you have a card game is already, it's like, Oh, we're playing a game. Boom. Yeah. So the yeah. question is like, why do you love me? Comes, well, I don't, I'm not wondering why you asked me that's because I know we're playing a game and you randomly chose that question. And that's why we're talking about it. Or, you know, why do we disagree so much? And what can we do about it in terms of the friend that has political differences? Well, I pulled out the question and that's, Why you're asking me that. And okay, now that creates a space in which you can answer or the person can receive. So I think number one is context, space. Sure. You know, oftentimes if you know you're gonna have a challenging conversation, we need to approach it differently than a normal conversation. Right? Mm -hmm. And 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 the biggest thing to that is going slower. And and that's where the kind of it's not intuitive, but or it's not our instinct. When you're going to step into discomfort, you want to move faster because you want to get out of it and you actually have to go slower and you actually have to use less blunt tools and more finer tools and make sure you're both using the same words and say, wait, when you say that, what do you mean? Or do you mean this? And we have to approach these conversations in a different way than we do normal conversation. Right. That's why sometimes people find that when they're on a road trip, they have a great conversation because... There's nothing else to do you're looking out you know and you're maybe you're bored of listening to the audiobook or the podcast or the music and, and you have a conversation and there's less distractions and you're there mm-hmm. and you know you're you kind of there's a space created and I think that's number 1 is like how do you create the space and the context and that's that's in the book
0: um yeah. 12 questions for love but that that's a key component is how do you create the space The other the other thing I had picked up just it, and i'm assuming this was this is done by design but i'm just i'm looking at one of the graphics right now with the 12 questions that are all displayed there's there almost seems to be like warm up questions oh as yeah well, right like kind of easing into the experience so i you know maybe two questions just explain that that flow a little bit but then the other thing like i can't help just being you know a mental fitness uh practitioner like i can't help but see how something like even doing a bit of breath work together to start you know start off a, a conversation absolutely. like that could just level set and just like i see it in teams and corporate teams right away within absolutely. minutes and then we can really get into absolutely deep conversation absolutely well, well yeah. so
1: to your first question you know It's very important. So context in the space is imperative, right? You got to create that. Certain things happen in certain spaces. So that's one. Second is, what is the structure of the questions and how the questions design themselves, how Mm they're written out? And so the structure that we have is a journey that we take you on. It's almost like a five-act story structure, right? And from my old days, as a film writer. But you start with... The past, you start with reminding this, so, you know, so basically this book is designed for you to have an intimate conversation. Ask these 12 questions and you will have a cathartic conversation, one that will forever change your relationship. Basically, it's a prescriptive, here's the 12 questions and there's extra questions in the back of the book. And most importantly, this is why it works so that you can then come up with your own questions. You can then understand the mechanics so that you can apply it to your life. And in terms of the structure, the first three questions are about the past. And why do we talk about the past? Because that's what brought you together. That's the thing that connects you. If we're talking about a romantic relationship, it's the things that remind you of what was the first spark. What was the first um, bonds of trust built upon? Why did we embark on this journey together? And so you're remembering that and it brings it back into your body, into your physiology and your mindset. Your heart starts opening up and you realize the trust and the respect that your relationship is built on Mm -hmm. and the good memories that were only created because of virtue of your synergy and then we start moving into the second phase the second three questions are about conflict how do we get how do we as a pair intimate or not romantic or not handle conflict and handle conflict differently from hesitant to biggest challenge to what's a sacrifice so it starts to elevate and it builds up now we get to questions seven and eight that this is the climax these are the two most kind of Most vulnerable questions, they're really the deepest ones. And mind you, if you don't ask,
0: you have to. You've got to. You've got to say question seven. I'm I'm just looking at it. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's a
1: good one. You want to? You want to read it out? You want to read it out? Yeah.
0: What is the pain in me you wish you could heal, and why? That's such. That is such a powerful question. That I don't know. Even just the way it's it's worded. Is disarming yeah. in a way, yeah. as well. well. That's
1: the th- you know it's the structure, and then I said it's also the construction of the question. I've been yeah. doing this for ten years, my team and I. The construction of the question is is really key. Sometimes mm-hmm. in when we, we have productions, sometimes I will intentionally make a grammatical mistake in the question because that gives them subconsciously the permission to say whatever they want to say. If it's like a formal, grammatically perfect thing, you know, question written then they already feel the formal constraints of that. But if you make a grammatical mistake, there's almost a freedom that's allowed. So the construction is important. And that's why you say, you know, how these questions are constructed is is really imperative. But that question is is on the individual level, you know, is the pain in me, which you could heal. I think it's a crux of many intimate relationships, of connection. And, And the question is, can someone else heal you? Or can they just hold a space? For you to heal, and for you need to do the healing, but they hold a space for you, and just mm-hmm. illuminating that idea—that's that thread of, in your connection—I think is a way of reinforcing your journey or helping illuminate your journey towards healing, whatever that may be. And it's also yeah. interesting because the eighth, the next question, eight number eight, is what is one experience you wish we never had, and why? Which actually speaks to the collective. Mm-hmm trauma or pain or vulnerability yeah. and there's a sometimes there's a relationship between the two and that's an interesting thing and what and um yeah so then those are the climax and then you start what we call landing the plane seven uh nine uh sorry, uh nine and ten are actually yeah. about really about gratitude like a, uh, about acknowledging the learning that we share in our relationship Mm -hmm. Ultimately, this is a person that is walking down the journey of life with you, however long, a mile or two or years or three or a block only, but they're walking that path and they're reflecting to you. And so what are we learning from each other? How are we filling in the blind spots and just acknowledging that? And then the last two are really, I think, primary questions about life and the temporal nature of the fact that at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to die. It will run out of time, if you will. So how do we acknowledge that now and not wait till we mm-hmm. miss that opportunity with the mm-hmm. last two questions? And so this is a complete arc. And obviously story. those two questions at the end, you know, the heart's overwhelming with love, generally, because look, at the end of the day, whatever small conflicts we have or whatever, you know, you have taught me this, and I have loved this and I love you, and I understand, and there's a deeper understanding. And and so that's the arc. But I think what you were talking about, brief work, you know, we say at the beginning to start with 30 seconds of silence and look in each other's eyes. Or if that's challenging, holding hands, maybe breathing together. Mm-hmm. But ultimately being grounded in the space. And ultimately, at the end of these 12 questions, we find that the pairs, you no, know, this could be romantic or otherwise, they end up in a similar space. looking in each other's eyes, breathing in the same space, being present to each other, but because they've had this conversation, the space between is that much richer. It's that much more illuminated. That's much more um, alive. There's more gravitas in that space because we've just gone on this journey. We've just shared a bit through the use of words and our experiences about our relationship. We've illuminated the space between. And, I, and that, that experience is just mesmerizing to watch. It's humbling to hold the space for over 1,200 pairs to do this. And I invite people to do it in their life because I don't think we do it enough. I don't think we take that much consciousness to the relationships in our lives and here are the tools to do that.
0: So that was gonna be my my follow-up question because there's no doubt anyone that goes through this beautiful flow that that, that you guys have designed that they will not get something powerful and and you know, dare I say transformative in in going through that experience. But what, where my mind goes is <laughs> the vast majority of the population is on almost like an autopilot to, to life. You know, there's just a lot going on. People are busy. Um, and, uh, you know, and you can probably, you know, appreciate this as uh, a father to young kids as well. It's like all of a sudden, you know, that, that, those hours between dinner and bedtime, or uh, let's just say after bedtime and when we go to bed, are uh, are pretty small for for a certain period. And 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 that's just that's my you know my current uh, uh, environment. But there's there's multiple use cases, basically all netting to the same thing. Huh? I just want to sit down and relax for a little bit before you know I go to bed. So how how have you had conversations with? with people to, you know, I guess open them up to, hey, you know, if you you go through something like this, I think you, you know, you you'll you'll get a lot of value. Like what's been the what's been helpful to spark enough curiosity in others to want to do this?
1: Oh, that's a great question.
0: I would think that's a great question. But I, I would think that your
1: listeners, if they're interested in mental fitness, which is your Exploration, fitness is an act that you do to stay sharp, to stay re- resilient, to stay flexible. Right, that is not something you do passively. Yeah, it's not. A good so- point. It's actively. This is another active practice that's an offering. Now, if they're listening to this podcast, they're already attuned to that. They're already looking for ways to improve their life. I think in general life, what you, I have found. Is that in work, in relationships, romantic or otherwise, that if, you know, life is always changing. So things are thrown your way. And then because things are changing and thrown your way, there's conflicts. And they could be small conflicts or big conflicts. But when the conflicts come up, our general thing is because it's conflict and there's discomfort, we don't want to face it. So we postpone it. And much like the scar tissue after a surgery or a hamstring that you don't stretch because you don't want to take the time to stretch, it gets Mm -hmm. tighter. The scar tissue builds. And then what happens? Your mobility decreases. And then something happens. This is how life, in my opinion, works. Is that at some point, something happens. Life throws something at you that requires for you to deal with it. And the more scar tissue or the more kind of lack of mobility and flexibility you have, the harder it is the more pain it is. So when you start realizing, oh, I have that scar tissue, I've got that fear about something. If I actually go and address it now, it's, and I start massaging it or I start stretching the hamstring now, it actually makes me more resilient and flexible for the future so that I'm, I'm more, less painful. Mm-hmm. And so let, uh, people are wondering, what is this guy talking about? L- let me give you an example. You are having a disagreement with your romantic partner. You went to dinner, something was said in public or, or you got had disagreement. They made a decision. They did something and you're pissed and they're pissed and you, and you both know it. And you're like running through the thoughts in your head and they're running and you are so, you don't want to talk to them because you're angry. You're hurt. So what could you do? You could, you could bite the bullet, bite your tongue and put it in and suppress that emotion and then what happens one week goes by two weeks go by that that promotion doesn't disappear it mm-hmm. stays in there it festers it yeah, grows packed in packed in and then next thing you know 3 weeks later they say something you explode when that happens in terms of the first thing you that if you the longer you wait the bigger the explosion no no let's let's address it now but how do i do it i don't want to talk to them well you know what just pull out a card game i this is what i do in my relationship with my wife yeah it's I like, it's almost like lubrication. It just makes it easier. So you're like, you know what? I'm not going to bring conscientious thoughts to this. We're just randomly going to choose a card and start talking. And we'll randomly choose another card after that conversation, a second card and start talking. But it starts getting the gears rolling. It's almost like when you want to, when you don't want to go to the gym, you're exhausted, you know, you're tired or whatnot. But the most important thing is just get in the gym. Just yeah. get there. Yeah. Or take, well, you got to go the tools on the run, around, it.
0: right? Have the have the gym have, bag, have the shoes there. In this case, I think make it think accessible. Easy. Yeah. But I think what's a really important with example that you provided that almost probably is like 50% of the battle. But if you have the conversation with your partner in advance that, hey, we're we have this toolkit here, these cards, and whatever that may be for you, you know, when stuff gets heated, let's just both agree that we're gonna pull a card. You know exactly in, in a state exactly. where you know you're in a loving state and it, everything's good, right? It's it's kind of like, uh, um, you know, like you. I, I think about going into business with people and working on contracts. Like, let's figure out the terms while where everyone's happy and and not wait for you know this big event to happen. Then now all of a sudden we need to figure out how we're going to navigate through this, right? I mean, are we
1: provided the toolkits to access? the relationships in our lives in a simple way? Are we taught? Who teaches us how to manage our relationships? How to have conversations? We're not taught that. I don't think we're taught that in schools per se. You're learning no. it from your parents. You're learning it from other relationships you see. We don't get too, tools. And that's what we're offering, right? The skin beat yeah. to our experiences and the book Which in the car games, wild
0: but, Because Which is wild. It is wild. It's, it's, no, no, it's, no. You don't know why I'm going to yeah. say it's wild. It's oh, wild because I think of how your book opens. How, you know... Uh, little Topaz who's I think four years old is jumping into mm-hmm. contract law in, in the car essentially <laughs> because if you know, the, the, the divorce that, that your parents had gone through and it's, I was, I was just blo- like thinking of, 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 I have a seven year old. Like I don't think he would, he would do something like that or maybe, maybe in a put in that position that would surface. But it's so interesting that like at a young age like that for you, you it's almost all come full circle. Like you started there, you know, helping kind of put some terms on relationships. And now you find yourself doing this day in and day out on a pretty, uh, uh, significant scale. I, I think it's,
1: it's take, I'm 47 now. It's taking me, I don't think I fully realized that full circle until four years ago. Okay. Right. Where where basically the pain, the re- that's, you know, deep sense of pain, witnessing your parents' divorce and being the mediator and going back and forth every week and, and every week trying to be a referee and trying to figure out why this happened at four. Mm-hmm. And it's not an exaggeration. Um, I was in preschool. Um, yeah. And that pain has led to a hunger for intimacy and connection, which has now evolved into a gift and that gift is what i'm offering and that gift has come from the 10 years at the end and now in the form of the book 12 questions for love so in that sense yeah. it's a beautiful journey for me personally but i also think that journey exists i think that journey exists for for everyone and so that's why i ha, you know i say the path of growth is the path of growth is lit by fear and pain like mm-hmm. wherever or or discomfort wherever it appears pursue it because that's the journey of growth that's where you can go and then hopefully you can convert some of the pain that you experience comes a hunger to explore something into a gift. Yeah. Now that's my experience. I'm not saying that's ultimately true or not, but for me, it's been true. And I would just like to offer that to your readers and and anyone I speak to.
0: So what happened, what happened four years ago that allowed the circle to connect?
1: So, so, uh, I did a retreat, that we call grace, where I brought 18 people custom made for this physical space in nature with people. And, and it was basically exploring the stories of our lives. And I called it to you know, kind of the, the impetus was, look, these 18 souls were here together, but we're going to take a intermission from life. And we're all souls. So let's share the trail notes of our lives as souls. And this was the third one that we'd done. no, actually, this was the first one. This was the first one. And I remember telling my story. So basically everyone gives up and they tell a story, their story. And it's for a length of time. Hourglasses here, sandglasses in the back. And I use one of them. And you basically step into the space of telling the story of your life from that moment. And of who am I, right? Who are you? Yeah. And I played back how my experiences. the key word was divorce. And for most of my life, divorce was a source of pain. A lot of pain. And it was always, and at this point I was marrying my wife or building a family with my wife. And I remember having a conversation with my dad saying, you know, this is my space now. You must, you've raised me enough. Now you witness it it, and cherish it, but, but you can no longer meddle. I'm no longer your child in that sense. And my father said, well, okay, so this is a divorce. Like you're divorcing us. Right. And I said, yes, it's a divorce. And as I told that story in the space of the retreat, right? So I was telling the people, uh, the story of my life and I was telling them this story. And I just said the word divorce and my father responded that way. And one of their participants looked at me and he says, amazing. So divorce was a source of pain for as a child. And now divorce actually means freedom and individual, individuation. Hmm. And that's, you know, I spent a little time meditating on that path. And then yeah, and also no writing the book, <laughs> you know, writing the book when, when, when we were asked Tobias, would you like to write a book that's encompasses?" it? I had to go in and look into the, how did I get this path? And how did I fall into this, this beautiful format of the end? What was it that mm-hmm. drove me there? And what were the things that informed me? So it's wow. about those two things. Yeah.
0: You've done so many different experiences, I mean, it's like you said it's been it's been ten years and uh just so many beautiful you know conversations and connections and so forth. I have to ask though, are there like without thinking too deeply, are there a couple experiences that you witness that you're just incredibly proud that you're able to facilitate and hold space for whatever transpired?
1: Yeah, absolutely, 100%. It's the greatest honor. Uh, than my kids, it's the greatest honor I've had in my life that people are willing to step into our space and share their vulnerabilities, their life experiences, and their relationship on camera in our space. It's a great deal of responsibility that my team and I feel, and it extends all the way into the way that we edit the pieces, to how we title them. You know, we're not going for the best. We're going for the long term. We're yeah. we're going for. We're not going for the Buzzfeed views. We're not going for the views on YouTube. We're not. You know, where it's a, it's an honor it's a responsibility, and um, we don't take it for granted, my team and I. And and uh, one thing you know, one comes to mind of a story that just recently happened in in November. We did a production a very special production for the book where we asked all the 12 questions for the book and we had pairs come in and one couple are Laura and Brad and Laura and Brad been married for 22 years and he is a marine vet for 14 years and December of 2022 their son was 18 in in college and he went to take a shower and he died in the shower and they don't know. To this day, they don't know why. It was not drugs. It was not, it was not a heart attack. Wow. I mean, he, the kid didn't do drugs. He was an artist. He was incredible. And he just died in the shower, just like that. And they don't know to this day what happened. But they were, um, this is probably definitely the most, They all their, this is, I think, emblematic of, for me, what keeps my team and I going are stories like this, because they were going through, as you could imagine, since so much grief. Mm-hmm. And she needed to talk and connect. And he, well, his way of responding to was too much was overwhelmed to just take a drive, as they told me. Every time she wanted to talk, he would just, he didn't have time to talk. He'd have to go for a drive because it was so big, you could imagine. Yeah. And they said that they came across the healing deck. And the healing deck created that space, if you will, for them to start having the conversation, just to start to move the muscles, to stretch it. Have yeah. A conversation. And that was, and then she, Laura told me that really saved their marriage, their connection. And then they stepped into the space to have the end. And if it's not already on YouTube, it will be. But they had the courage to share their grief and their learning about life and what life offers you in the face of losing a son, a child. It just, you know, I was bawling just because I was obviously putting myself in those shoes. What happened to my son? Yeah, I yeah. not lose it. You know, I'm bawling. And um, they had the courage to step into the space and share. And, and I asked them why. And they said, well, because when it happened to them, some people reached out who had a similar experience and said, okay, remember to eat. Remember to drink. Remember to get out of bed because the first three days they didn't even get out of bed. Mm-hmm. But that information helped them. Yeah. And by them doing the and and sharing their experience will undoubtedly help other people who are going through similar experiences. Yeah. And that's why I find the question I think, professionally is how do I apply this incredible tool that mines the connection between people, the nutrients, the stories of our lives, to amplify it so that other people can have access to it, so that they can deepen their own experience of what it means to be human.
0: Do you think they're able to find? I haven't seen obviously the the conversation, but able to find a certain element of closure.
1: I don't think they'll ever find closure. I think they found. I don't know what they find. It would be good to ask them. I think. I think my what I witnessed was in the First, I was incredibly honored that they were that they trusted us to step into the space to begin with. Mm, yeah but I just witnessed incredible amount of grace and humility and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, and of acknowledge, you know, there was one question said, um, what do you think that I pose? What do you think life is teaching us? And Brad responds, life is teaching us not to take it for granted. <sighs> you know, and, And so why are we taking the... And so I ask that that extends to me in the context of this conversation is not to take life for granted, but let's not take the relationships in our life for granted. Mm -hmm. They're there for a reason. They're there as mirrors to reflect us back to us. And we are there to reflect others to themselves. And we can choose how we want to reflect back. So how do we put ourselves in the spaces and use the tools to reflect, to share, to illuminate the threads that connect us, to illuminate this experience. It's called life that we have. And just not to take that for granted.
0: I mean, just in that, I, I, I can't help but go full circle with how we open some of the, some of our conversation around having challenging conversations where there are different points of view and whatnot. And it's if you approach those situations with this perspective of not taking life and relationships for granted and, I mean, (laughs) full circle again, how you answered who you are, if you approach those conversations with love, that's a very, very different tone to asking some questions to understand and empathize and seek to find some you know, common ground, and and let the relationship foster to wherever it needs to go. Absolutely. Wow. What do you want Absolutely. people to, or what do you hope people will get and out of the the book once it's it's in people's hands? And and how do you want them to feel after they've experienced the book in the in the the flow of the questions? This might. This will date me, but
1: do you know when you had that experience where you're, that doesn't happen so much anymore because we're on our phone so much. But one example would be you're in a taxi cab and you have this epic conversation with a taxi cab driver and you come out, you're like, oh my God, that illuminated my, that resonated with my understanding of humanity. Like, wow, mm-hmm. that was a beautiful moment. where you're walking down the street in New York and you see something that's amazing and the person who's walking down, going to wherever they're going, four feet away and they're walking down the same direction and they see it too and then you both look at each other and you just nod. Or you're with your your dad or your wife or your husband or your best friend and you both see something and you both blurt out the same words at the same time. And that's a little bit superficial, but that idea that that connection of, wow, we just... Illuminating humanity. That deep sense of humanity that's in us that comes about when we connect, which to me is love. Like That's what it is for me. It's this integration of two souls and they realize that, wow, we we feel that sense of connection and that depth. And I think that this is one way to access that is having these conversations. But then how do you create the space for it? And then what are the questions that you asked? And Mm -hmm. those things, that tool is in the book. So, Ultimately, I want people to come out and have these experiences cathartic and go, oh my God, I've known this person for three years. We've never had this conversation. I never knew that about them. I didn't realize that about me. I guarantee you, if you have this conversation, you will have those illuminations or those understandings of yourself and others, of the person in your life. Go, Wow, it's been three years. We never knew that. Hmm. And then ultimately, I can do it again. It's like you just rode the bike the first time and you realize I can ride it again. And I can take this bike wherever I want to take it. It's not a one-off thing. That's what I want people to get. I want to, That's what I want people to feel, but I want them to get the skills so they can put in their lives. Because ultimately, if we explore the relationships in our lives and take it with more gratitude and, and, and practice deeper connection, what's going to happen to the world? It's gonna extend into the other relationships in our lives. It's gonna make the yeah. world a little just a little bit better. Yeah,
0: the ripple effect. Yeah. It's the the words that come to mind is just seeing, first seeing, but then appreciating that space between mm-hmm. and and firing up beautiful curiosity to to your point, continue to explore that. Oh wait, there's more space there. That, you know, now you're approaching it from excitement and a sense of, of adventure you know, Mm
1: -hmm. which is
0: very different than saying, okay, these are important questions. We should really speak and let's set some time to sit down and, you know, we'll get something out of it, of course, Mm -hmm. but there's just a different tone or flavor to that context versus like this, let's go on the adventure and see what's there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (sighs) This is, this wow. is,
1: it turns out sometimes to be heavy, but it doesn't have to be at all. You could have a yeah. fun, exploratory conversation here while you're driving in the car, while you're washing dishes. It's not, you know, it doesn't have to be a, ve- it's not meant to be a heavy thing. That's actually the beautiful thing is that yeah. it might end up and touch on heavy spaces, but actually it's exploratory. It's fun. And there are, there's no winners and
0: there's no right way to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful. I mean, we I think we probably knew this from the very first time we spoke, but we could definitely continue for mm-hmm. many more minutes, if not hours, uh, on this topic. But I, I wanna respect your time and I wanna thank you for first and foremost for for coming on the show. But a higher thank you to you and, and, and not just you, but also the team over thank the you. last 10 plus years. Yeah. For putting in just such beautiful work that has such exponential and ripple effects around the world. That there's probably so much that you don't even see that is has come from the work that you're putting into this world. And i I hope I hope that lands in the hearts uh, of of yourself and the team. And I know it, it has for me. Just knowing the what you are what you are all doing uh, out there. So. Just Thank sending you. a bunch of love, and uh, I hope this is the 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 first of many conversations we have as the as our paths cross.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate you having us, having me and my team, but having our work. Thank you. <laughs>